Welcome back to the Water and Stone Church podcast. This is episode number 66, and I'm Jenny Randolph. And I'm Dita Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And as we gather around <laughs> this time, uh, Mother's Day just happened, and it was, it was, our Mother's Day was really, really nice, or my Mother's Day was really, really nice. Um, I mean, people call me a mother, but I don't think that's what they mean, so I think really it was your Mother's Day. It was Day. my Mother's Day. Um, the whole other rest of the year is your, is your mother's day. That's, you know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Well, as, as you might imagine around these parts, Sunday is kind of a working day for us. So for the longest time, I don't know when we started it, but for the longest time we do Sunday holidays like mother's day, father's day, and so on. We tend to celebrate them on the Saturday before. And right. I, and I think we started it because we were celebrating um, the older moms in our family. So like the, our moms, our grandmas, that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And because we had little ones, we I never got a day because if we were going to go out to lunch or something like that, I would always be packing the diaper bag of toys and right. everything else. And so that's not fun to go out to brunch with, with tiny ones. I know it's like everybody's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take you out. It's like, no, please, it's easier just to stay home. And so we have started the tradition, and I think church just sort of fits in there. Yeah. That we celebrate, or you and the kids celebrate me mm-hmm. on the Saturday before Mother's Day, which I really like because we can get reservations a little bit easier. There's, right. you know, I have can... no reservations about doing it. And the thing is, it's uh, it's it's been really great. You know, we, uh, me and the kids. Now that the kids are both adults, there's something different that happens. I think that. When your kids are smaller, they, you know, they make messes and they cause work. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's wonderful having kids and it far outweighs any of the challenges. But just looking at the challenges for a moment, it's easy as an adult in a relationship where there are kids to get inadvertently thrown under the bus by the kids because everybody makes messes, causes trouble, misunderstands, right? Well, if your mess or misunderstanding or trouble comes at the end of a full day of little ones who didn't start the dishwasher or left their socks on the floor or whatever. At the end of that process, you end up getting thrown under the bus as a grown-up in that situation. And, you know, it's happened to every parent, partner, supervisor, whatever you want to call yourself. And so looking at something like Mother's Day, it's it has been when the kids were smaller a case of, okay, what am I going to do and what am I going to just please would you sign the card? Would you do right? the thing? Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, it's it. we've got great, thoughtful, conscientious kids, but kids are kids. But now that they're adults, it's a completely different vibe because they have their own plans and their own money and their own everything. And it's been really great just in the, the past little bit to see that transition happen. Yeah, that evolution, that natural evolution. It's really nice because sometimes those transitions for families and changes for families can be hard. Mm-hmm. And I think because you, you get used to some things and you get used to your roles and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody grows up and those roles have to change sure. because you can't, you know, and I think it's healthy and wonderful I accidentally threw a wrench in the works and um, <laughs> by I, wrenching your back <laughs> by wrenching my yeah I went to go work out I was doing my Saturday morning workout and I was almost done I was I was I had gotten off the spin bike and I was doing some strength training and I um, turned the wrong way or did something and I the my lower back over my left hip and I just was like oh <laughs> and um, 
I, I just, I couldn't. And then it was okay for a minute. And then I, once I kind of sat down, I could not get back up. And I, I got back from the chiropractor this morning and um, I actually threw a joint at my uh, joint out of place. Um, I thought it was a muscle tear or a pinched nerve or something like that, but I, I did it. But um, our daughter had planned for, for me to get a pedicure that day and I went in and I was like bound and determined to get it because the truth was is I wasn't going to paint my toes anyway. I couldn't reach them <laughs> by myself. No, that wouldn't involve some yoga that you I, were not ready to do. I was not do. ready to do. So I, I you know, I just powered through and then powered through like church. Like a lot of good and, soldiers, you yeah, got a so, pedicure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was so funny because part of my Saturday morning process, as you know, is throughout the week, I work on my talk. I work on it every day. I steal moments and I think about it. I write myself notes all week long. And by Saturday morning, I have a really good, I make what's called a mind map and you can Google for that. But just it, for if you don't know what that is, just imagine it's like an outline, let's say. So I have an outline of what I'm going to say. And on Saturday morning, I put some music on and I refine that and I make the final draft of that mind map, the final draft of that outline. And then as soon as I've done that, I actually run through my talk. I don't ever write a script of the talk, but I run through it and then I can kind of feel how things are and what's going on. But so I'm in that place and I'm listening to my music really loud because for one thing, I don't want my family to have to hear me, you know, stumbling around with it and doing that kind of thing and all this. But it's also so I can be in that flow. But so I don't know that any of this is going on. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of didn't want to have panic in my voice. So I was like, Raina, can you come here for a minute? And she came up and, and I'm like, um, I can't get up. <laughs> She's I like, fallen and I you? can't get up. I and know I needed life alert. Like but, for real, like I'm, I'm, it's no, but it was, it was interesting. So I spent, I spent the weekend icing and, uh, resting and I've come back from the chiropractor and he said, he, he said, go take a nap today. And it's a beautiful rainy day. And I think I'm going to take that. He's like, put more ice on it. We got it back in place. Come back in a couple of days and uh, go take a nap. And you know I, how you read about... Best doctor ever. Yeah. Well, you know how you read about some doctors that use their power to write prescriptions for drugs that people don't need and mm -hmm. illicit sort of stuff. Never known a doctor like that, but you know what I mean. Everybody right, reads right. about that. I want to find a doctor who just writes prescriptions for naps, whether or not you actually need them. That's what I, well, I want to get in argue, on the underground nap market. That's what I'm yeah, trying to I say. I would argue that you always need a nap. Yeah. Naps are good. Well, and and uh, given that I am a man of the cloth, I wonder if there's any sort of equivalent I, I can just know. prescribe Jesus wants you to nap kind of level oh, thing. And that, see, that's might, the kind of power new, abuse I can get behind. I'm into that. I was going to say, know. that might be something we need to. Um, develop here for too long religious professionals have been misusing their power in negative ways i want to start misusing my power in a very positive way so that's what i'm going to get behind <laughs> I'm going to, as we move forward in, in this church i think i'm going to really give that some thought. now we want to share with you water and stone worship service for may 13th 2018 the title of this lesson is called Bread of Life, and it is the second in the series that Dieter has been working on called The I Am. If you'd like to listen to the first one, go back to episode 65 and you can catch the first in the series of I Am's. So the scripture today comes from John 6:35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. 
He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Now I bet you know this part. This comes at the end of a long conversation where the, it's okay, you know the part. You don't have to see it again, you know the part. It comes at the end of a long conversation where the people involved were trying to check his credentials. We talked about the importance of credentials last week, and so it's good to be able to build on it a little bit right now. Basically, they wanted to know if he was up to the challenge. Basically, they wanted to know if he was the real thing. They said to him, you know, Moses, we got bread. You have bread? Yeah, right? That's what he said. Our Messiah gives us bread. Do you have anything for us? I want you to be the kind of person who looks for what we call option C. Option C. And that's something that we dealt with with kids. So many times it would be, if you brush your teeth and get yourself ready for bed, we can watch a little bit of Star Wars before you go to bed. And Miles would say, what if we watch Star Wars now? Children are great at option C. And as it turns out, there is a great spirituality in getting past your old ideas of it's either like this or it's like this. Look out for those opportunities that take you out of how you think it's going to go. Because if you are so stuck in A or B, it might be that you miss God's better idea. So often, the miracle comes when it's that revelation of, oh, wait a minute, that thing I thought is nothing like what it is. Thank you, God, for those moments, whether they come the easy way or the hard way. And Jesus is often the example of, no, 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 guys, it's not what you think. And he says, you know what, Moses and I, same line of work, same boss. And if you remember, he might say to those people that were talking to him, Moses didn't make bread. Moses delivered the bread, and that's an important difference. The I am is the bread of life. God makes the bread, so to speak. In other words, let's get to the place where we are less interested in the delivery, less interested in the product at the end, and more interested in a knowing of the process. Let's stop being results-oriented and start being interested in the process. Something changes when we get there. Now, people got fed. Jesus didn't say, I want you to forget about bread. He didn't say, how dare you be hungry around me. No, people got fed. But getting fed is not the point. Now, that bread thing comes up a lot. Bread is a big deal with Jesus' miracles. Remember, we talked a little bit about this in Easter, but in order to to bring us all on the same page, I'll go fast. The bread miracles that you know about are the feeding of the multitudes. Remember that part? And the Last Supper. Remember that part? And those two things have an important set of teachings for you. Feeding the multitudes means breaking the crust of the way it looks in the outside and getting to what's important. And that Last Supper idea has to do with making it a part of you. Get past the way it looks on the outside and let it be a part of you. I'm going to say that again. Get past the way it looks on the outside and let it be a part of you. As it turns out, those are the two steps to every miracle. Whatever it is you're working on, you can get there. If you get past the way it looks, yeah, the doctors told you it's going to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. 
Yeah, your checkbook looks a certain way. That ain't the whole truth about you. Get past the way it looks on the outside. And let it be a part of you. When you own it, or rather, let it own you, Something amazing happens. You leave the door open. And in fact, that process works so well that the miracles were happening all the time. When people came to Jesus, they got fed. When people were around Jesus, there was the healings. The taxes got paid. Stuff got handled. This is the way to let things get handled. But, and here's the catch. The miracle was never the goal. I want us to really know that together. Miracles happened, but the miracle was never the goal. It's never about the end of the process. And this is really important because there are a lot of people, man, all they believe in is the results. Now, results are good. It's a good bellwether that the process is working, right? But it's not about the results there are some people that that's all they know. All they know is a thing at the end. And the, the job that they work, they work it for the paycheck. And the relationships that they're in, they're in for the attention, let's say. And the things that they do, they're in it for the thing at the end. And I understand that. Like I said, let's expect results. But if you are so stuck in the end, you lose your opportunity to get in touch with the beginning. And that's where the power is. If you're so stuck with results, you lose your ability to relate to cause. And that means that it's always going to be the same. Same experiences over and over again. Same arguments over and over again. Same health challenges over and over again. Same problems with money over and over again. You get the idea. I'm wearing everybody out. But that's the point. If you get stuck in the world of results, you will get worn out because you've lost touch with the thing that gave you energy in the first place. When you think about it, every moment of breakthrough, every moment of genius, every revolution, every healing, every miracle has to do with getting in touch with cause. Which is a long way around of saying Jesus was not in the bakery business. There are some people who are in it for the loaves and fishes, but over and over again he said, guys, that's not my job. He didn't have a chef's hat. Some people came to Jesus for the cookies. Some people thought that he was a Keebler elf. But it doesn't work that way. Over and over again, and over and over again, and over and over again, Jesus said, it's not about the results. It's about a relationship with cause. It's not about the end. It's about being in touch with where you are right now. It's not about the bread. It's about the knowing. And this is important. But I want to say really quick, I really want to say, I really want to say, because this is really important. You ready? It is okay to be hungry. It's okay to be hungry. It's okay to have growing places. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to not have it all mastered yet. It's okay to be up in the middle of the night worried about how it's going to go. All of those things happen. It's okay. And as we've talked about before, and we will most certainly talk about again, God is infinite, and you are in this finite moment of experience. So yeah, there's always going to be more. Let's have that be okay with us. There are some people who think they're supposed to look done and be done. It's an illusion, man. 
there's always more growing to do. And when you think you got a good bead on things, that's right before the wheels fall off in my experience. You know what I mean? Because the universe will remind you, God will remind you, you know what, you don't have it all handled. That's my job. You just do the next thing. So I need us all to be okay with being in process. I need us all to be okay with having growing places. There are those people who never want to show it, who never want to talk about the places where I'm hurting. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. There are people who just spend all of their time hiding that part of themselves. And I get it. You know, sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes we don't want to talk about it. But the thing that I want those people to know, you ready? The thing that I want those people to know, I mean, surely nobody in this room, but other people in the world, them, those people out there who don't ever want to share where they are, I want you to know, first of all, once again, everyone is going through something because we are all here to grow. And sometimes growth is messy. It's okay. I want you to know that if you spend all your time not doing the thing, what's like if I say don't think about elephants, right? It's one of those things. Spend all your time not hurting, not growing, not wrestling with the issue. And all you're doing is thinking about the issue. You're just not fixing it. So you just live in orbit of this weird thing. Jesus talked about washing the outside of the cup. And he talks about the idea that some people are so interested in appearances that they never get to what matters. You know? But here's the other thing I want those people to know. You're not fooling anybody. Because everybody knows what it looks like to be working on something. You try to hide it, everybody sees it. So instead, let's engage, let's share. Let's not be defined by our problems, but the problems get fixed when we look at them and we go, you know what, there's this part of me that's bigger and that's why there's hurt because there's a tension between this bigger part of me and this little thing. So let's face it together. Here's where I am, folks, guys, friends, whatever. Mom, here's where I am. I want to grow. How can we do that together? And you will find so much help. But like I said, I want you to know that it's okay to expect results. And I say that because sometimes people go to church and they say, Church, I want a miracle. I want results. I read this great book, and in the book, people get healed. Big stuff, even bigger than what I'm working on. People get crucified, and it's okay. Lepers get cleansed. Once again, stuff happens. I want just a little piece of that in my life. Sometimes people go to church, and they just want something to work. And Sometimes, man. Sometimes the church goes, oh, well, we don't, we, we're not in that line of work anymore. We, oh, oh, results? No, uh, we had to sell a book. You know, but now there's Bibles in every hotel room, so we're out of that line of work, and we're just, what we need you to do is sit very still for a while, and eventually you get to go. But let's keep quiet. It's time for the hymn. But when we make time for him, healing happens. I want you to know that it is okay to expect results. And we know that because we read about it in the Bible. We know that intellectually. But more important than that, we know it because we felt it. Take a minute with me and think about all of the times, not just one time, but all of the times when you knew what a miracle was, when you saw it, you looked true love in the face, you proved the doctor wrong, it worked. You had enough gas to get home. (laughs) There was a good parking space at the mall on Christmas Eve. Whatever it was. 
If God's everywhere, man, it's all a miracle. And so we know miracles happen. We felt it more than knowing it up here. We know it in our hearts. Everybody knows. And so we are allowed to expect a miracle. But the trick is the miracle can never be the goal. A miracle is a byproduct. And if you look for the byproduct, you screw up the process. That's just the way it is. I'll give you an example. If you're in love with someone, in romantic love with somebody, just like all the songs, hopefully there's some outer experience of that love. If you're in romantic love with somebody, maybe you buy presents. Maybe there's some slow dancing and cuddling involved. I mean, we're in church. We won't get graphic, but you know what I mean. Maybe there's some outer example of that inner feeling. Somebody pays attention to somebody, hopefully. That sort of thing, right? Because the love happens and these outer things come out of it. It's really easy for some people to forget about the inner moment and get so attached with the outer things that they never work on that inner connection. Oh, well, maybe it's love if we cuddle a lot. Well, you can go downtown and pay for that. It's not the same thing. Maybe if we buy each other presents, maybe I can make that person love me. That's just creepy. Washing the outside of the cup. You can't make this happen by going from outside in. As it turns out, the universe works from inside out, which is a long way around of saying, if you look at the results, you will short-circuit the process. If you work for the results, you will short-circuit the process, and none of it will work. Something different has to happen. It has everything to do with getting away from the concept of distance. It has everything to do with getting away from the concept of duality. Getting away from the idea that God, that good, that love, that truth is somewhere else. Oh, it's convenient because it means I don't have to fix this around me. If God's somewhere else, then, yeah, you know, of course it doesn't work for me. It's a cheap shot. But the thing is, the moment I incorporate duality into my process, the moment I believe, in other words, that God is somewhere else, I short-circuit my ability to experience it, and I get on this treadmill. And I think everybody has had some experience of getting on the treadmill of good is somewhere far away, and there I see the carrot, and maybe if I run faster. And maybe you're smart enough and strong enough to get some kind of a result somewhere by the sweat of your brow and the strength of your back. That's beautiful, but it ain't a miracle. It's not supposed to go that way. Because where is God? And if I believe that God is somewhere else, I don't change the fact that God is here, but I have put blinders on, and I make it difficult to have that experience. So maybe I make some little thing happen because I'm forcing it, but it's never what I really wanted, and it's never good enough. And so the treadmill gets faster, and I start to worry about my max heart rate. Everybody's been there, you know? Everybody's been there because it doesn't work that way. So maybe before we pray for anything in particular, maybe before we think about what the individual miracle ought to be, maybe the prayer ought to be more of a question. God, what is okay with me? What's my normal? What's my paradigm for how this whole thing works? Because you get what you pray for, it happens. But here's the thing that not everybody knows. You get how you pray for. 
I'm going to say that again. You get how you pray for. And that's bad grammar, but it's okay. My mom's not in the room. You get how you pray. So if you pray with the idea that God is somewhere else, that God doesn't like you, that God's an absentee landlord, you will get that experience. If you pray the prayer of distance, of anger, of selfishness, of of dysfunction, you'll just get more of that kind of world. You get how you pray. So ask yourself, what's my normal? What's my paradigm? What's okay with me? Before I ask for the new car or whatever, nothing wrong with that. But before I ask for that, maybe I need to get clear on where I'm at right now. What is my okayness right now? What does that look like for me? Maybe if I fix that, the outer things will change for me. You don't want now the same things you wanted when you were eight. Maybe some of the same things, but not all of the same things. I'd still like some G.I. Joe figures, but that's a separate issue. And we won't talk about it in public. But anyway, you've grown. Your goals change. So maybe instead of working for the goals where you are right now, the prayer is, God, may I get bigger goals? May I get a bigger idea of how all of this works? Some people, bless their hearts, their idea of normal is that God is an absentee landlord. Some people, bless their hearts. I know, it's funny, right? Some people, they get this idea that God doesn't like them very much. And like I said, it's convenient because you don't have to answer certain questions. For some people, the prayer they pray is, God, will you just like me? God, will you just show up? God, will you just look the other way? For some people, a miracle is that moment where God bends the rules, like spirituality is some kind of radar detector, and you know where the cops are. But think about that with me. First of all, you know better. You know better. You've read in the Bible where God looks upon the essence of you. And says, good and very good. When God looks at the essence of you and says, this is my child in whom I am well pleased. That's the truth about you. And you've read it. But you know it. Because everybody knows what it's like to love somebody in one way or another. And that is just a little reflection of how God feels about you. You are loved. No matter what your earthly experience has been, some people have a really good relationship with their moms, and some people are doing 23andMe and hoping they find out there was a mix-up at the hospital. <laughs> Somebody, some people are somewhere in between, and you know what? That's okay, because we're all here to grow. But no matter what your earthly experience is, you know what love is in your heart. And like I said, that's just a small example of how God feels about you. But the bigger thing is the Bible is full, chock full of this line. God does not change his mind. It says it over and over and over and over again. Because think about it. It wouldn't be God if he waffled. Think about that. So praying the prayer of God, will you please change your mind about me? That ain't a miracle. If a miracle is God bending the rules, then there aren't any miracles. Because the rules don't change. But this is good news. Because the rule is love. The rule is life. The rule is triumph and growth. You don't want the rules to change. Let's stop praying that prayer of God. Will you please let me off light this one time? Because that ain't how God feels about you. There are no miracles of that kind because everything is a miracle of the real kind. And because God doesn't change. The way to get there is to get out of this idea of a transactional relationship with God. 
No more prayers of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. No more Saturday night prayers of if you let me feel better, I swear I'll never do it again. Doesn't work that way. Transaction implies distance. And I got to tell you, I'm no longer interested in somebody saying, I'm going to send you love. I'm going to send you healing. Because where is God? You've heard me say this before. Is God an oil slick where there's more God in some places than others? That's weird to me. And some people say, I'm going to attract my good to me. And I get it. They mean well. But think about that for a minute. Where's God? You can't attract more God. Fish can't attract more water. Doesn't work that way. So no more of this duality. No more of this distance. No more transactions. You ever played catch with a little kid? (laughs) It's fun in a way, but ugh. Because the little kid is thinking, I'm going to have this ball. And they don't move their hands. They just hold it right here. And you're trying as an adult to not just wing the ball at the kid's tummy because you want to get the ball in their hands, but you don't want to hurt the kid. And it's, it's one of those things. It's not a game of catch yet. Maybe you give up and you just kind of put the ball here. You caught it. Nice work, Scooter. You know, it's one of those moments. Because the kid is thinking, I'm going to get that ball. Maybe the kid has done visualization and read self-help exercises about what it's like once you have that ball, I just think about it. But that ain't no way to play catch. That ain't no way to play catch. If you want to catch the ball, if you want to play catch with me, you put your hands out and you meet the ball where it is. It's not where the ball's going to be. You meet it in the middle. Guess what? That's how miracles work. No more waiting. Go where it is. Because it's everywhere, but it's a matter of being a part of that willingness. Play catch with God for a minute. And you realize that a good game of catch is not transactional. It's unitive. It's just one action going on with different players in the game. That is the right relationship with God. That is how miracles work. Play catch. Or to quote the gospel of Caddyshack, be the ball. (laughs) Be the ball. Or, put another way, you can't learn to fly until you jump. And that's the part that scares people, because that's the faith part. But that's what it takes. You can't learn to fly until you jump. Let's be the kind of people who are less interested in the flight and the landing and more interested in the jump. You will get to a place. Everybody gets to a place. Maybe you've already been to that place and you're going to go again because it's fun. Life is an adventure sport. You will get to that place where there's no choice but to jump because you are so moved or because there ain't no other options. Either way, thank you, God. Be the ball. It's not about the end. It's about the process. Now, I want to share a quote with you. Chris, could we put that quote up on the screen? Many men go fishing all of their lives without knowing that it is not fish they are after. I'm going to read that one more time. Many men go fishing all of their lives without knowing that it's not fish they are after. Now think about that with me. So many times people think it's about the thing at the end. Maybe that's why it's so frustrating when the disciples go back fishing. After all of this stuff about be part of the process, they go right back to the way things were. But I want you to think about that with me. Take a minute and think about Your dream job. Think about your dream job. What does it involve? It's hardly ever about the money. Because if that's your dream, if your dream job is just I get paid a lot, you're not dreaming about a job, you're just dreaming about money. And we can dream bigger than that. Because money never solved anything. 
What's your dream job about? For most people, for people who are working on this stuff, it's not about what you get at the end. The dream job is not about the paycheck. The dream job is about the experience. It's about, well, I grow in this way. I share. I motivate. I change. I'm a part of this amazing thing. I'm out there dancing with it. You know what I mean? Your dream job is not about the result. It's about the doing. As it turns out, that's how life works. Love is not about the attention that the other person pays to you. It's about the sharing. Everything is like everything, right? It's not about the end. It's about the journey. A long time ago, I worked for a guy, a different line of work. You know I've had day jobs many times in the course of making this church thing happen, and I'm grateful for all of those experiences. One of those amazing experiences, I worked for this guy. He came over to America from India, and he had nothing. He had nothing in a way that I don't know that we even have a concept of. Imagine what it's like to have relatives that you can drive to who live in the 1700s. You know what I mean? That's what we're talking about. And he came over to this country with absolutely nothing except courage and talent. He was very, very good at computer stuff, to use technical terminology. You know Steve Jobs, the Apple guy? Did you know that there was a while where he got kicked out of Apple because he was too Steve Jobsy? And they kicked him out, and he started a company. And my boss worked there with Steve Jobs, right there with him for a number of years. And then finally, my boss went to start other companies, and Steve Jobs went back to Apple. And after a while, I connected with this guy who was my boss. And at the beginning, there was like 12 of us in San Francisco. And we worked on some stuff, and we invented some stuff. And over time, things got bigger, and more and more people started to find out about it, and more and more people started to work for the company. And eventually, after a long time, that company got bought by Google. And in the tech industry, that's the dream, man. That's you go from zero to G. (laughs) Now, it's not like the movies. I didn't see any of those Google millions, but my boss is a millionaire many times over. And it's not as though he's a master at everything. Hanging out with him was not always a day at the beach. But if you want an insight into that millionaire's mind, I have had a direct experience with it. His name was Chet. And people would come to Chet, and we would say, hey, guy, hey, Chet, the the company over here is doing this other thing. Our competition is doing this thing, and maybe we should. And he would say, stop. A lot of times he would say swear words at that point. He would say, stop. I don't care about the competition. The moment we think about the competition, we lose. There's no competition. There's just us. All we can do is the best that we can do. I want you to quit thinking about what other people are doing. Well, there is something important to learn. And we'd have our meetings every single day, and every single day, well-meaning nerds like myself would say, well, Chet, I invented this thing, and I did this thing, and here's how I typed, you know, whatever it was. It's not like we're digging ditches. Here's how I typed today. And he would say, what next? He wouldn't even say thank you. And man, at the beginning, that was crushing, because this is a very impressive man, and I just wanted to, and he would say, what next? And we all began to realize over time, it wasn't about discounting what was, it's about the fact that what was, was. It's not about the results. It's about being in the consciousness of the creator. Stop worrying about what other people are doing. Stop worrying even about what you did. Start being where you are. Last week, the question that we asked was, who do you think you are? (laughs) I love that. But this time around, the question is, what do you want? I mean, really, what do you want? If you really get in touch with that question... It can change things for you. What do you want? Let us be more like Solomon when God said you can have anything. 
behind door numbers one, two, and three, if you like. Carol Merrill's back there. It's going to be great. <laughs> Dating myself. And Solomon said, I just want an understanding heart. In other words, I'm not interested in the outer things because I know they will happen as a byproduct. I'm not chasing byproducts anymore. I just want to know what love is. I want to know what this life is about. I want to remember that I don't walk this path alone. God, I just want to be the kind of person who's not interested in finish lines anymore. I just want to enjoy the ride. That's how this works. All kinds of stuff is going to happen to you and through you in the course of your life. And all of it is going to be amazing. You're going to learn the easy way. You're going to learn the hard way. And you're going to grow through all of it. Awesome. Don't worry about it. Ideally, ideally, your mother doesn't love you for what you do. For the weird breakfast in bed you made when you were 12. Sorry, it was weird. Your mother doesn't love you for what grades you have. She wants you to get good grades, but that's not what it's about. You know that saying, a face only a mother could love? It's because moms just see in terms of potential when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Moms just see in terms of what what is on the inside when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And maybe your mom wasn't always great at doing what they were supposed to be doing. It's okay. God is. You are loved right now. All you've got to do is love your process. Enjoy the ride, be the ball, and set it free. Because, after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. So I love how we have switched up the podcast to have the dig in section be digging into a little further on your Sunday lessons. Well, yeah, because for one thing, this is now the only place where you can get the full audio of my talks. We don't put them on YouTube anymore. Instead, we put just a, a like an edited snippet so that people can get sort of the highlights and move on. But when you want to dig deep, this podcast is the only place other than showing up on a Sunday to get that. And then on top of that, we now have a chance in this podcast for us to dig a little bit deeper on some of the stuff that comes out, and I get to underscore some of the points that I really wanted to bring out in the talk, that sort of thing. So I'm really grateful for this moment of exploration. I think what I got out of this is really, well, it comes comes down to a question, and that question is, what do you want? And I think you even asked that during the service. Yeah, what, what we're discovering is like last week's talk, The idea was, who do you think you are? Because your sense of identity impacts your experience of miracles, let's say. And this time around, that question evolves into something new. And that question is, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And if you don't explore that question, I think it's really difficult to go forward in your spiritual path. And I think it's really weird because a lot of times people don't think they're allowed to ask. Think about how many people you know who don't have a sense of what they want. And when you ask them, what would you do, let's say if you won the lottery or whatever, they have the same answer everybody else does. And given how different everybody is, I refuse to believe that that's the truth. Instead, I think that we're so hypnotized by the idea that all you're supposed to do is work, 
maybe go to church, probably not, watch television, get yourself good and numb, and then eventually you can retire with a couple of marbles left rolling around and just wait. Well, it's really interesting because before I heard your lesson on Sunday, and I kind of knew what you were you were working on, but I I hear it for the first time at, like the rest of the congregation. Yeah, my I process don't, I don't is hear pretty it. much you, in my head and in it my really little is. notebook, it really is. and that's about it. Yeah. But that Thursday, we had our women's group, and it came up. You know, we were talking about goals and things like that. And one of the things that we're working on together as a group is having a personal goal. But the stipulations were that that personal goal could had to be just for you. It could not benefit or be for another person. So for example, well, I want to lose weight and I want to look real... I want to look sexy for my husband or my or, or my wife or whatever, you know. Sure. It's like, no, bring that back. It has to be for you. Or I want a better job so that I can support my family better. Well, is that for you or is that for other people? And, you know, it was really interesting that how the two connected for me because it we didn't have a lot of answers, me included. Like, like my personal goals, it is... You know, there are a few that I'm working on, but mostly it's so that I can take care of other people. And I think that's very natural as a mom. You know, we just got done celebrating Mother's Day and all sure. that kind of stuff. And there's a we, dad version of that And there too, is a dad sure. version. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. going to say that. But, you know, as, as somebody, and even if you're not a mom or a dad, if you are a giver, if you are in the flow... There is opportunities for you to give to others, take care of others. Maybe you do that in a job. Maybe you're a wonderful doctor, a wonderful nurse. Maybe you are a teacher that does that. You know, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, our daughter and is a music teacher and she gives it and leaves it all on the table to her kids. You know, she really does. And she cares about what they're doing. So I think it's really hard to come back and go, okay, what do I want and I know I struggle with that too. And so it it's a beautiful opportunity to say, what do I want and how am I going about getting it? Because I loved what you said about it. it's how, you know, how are you praying? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that was one of the, there's a, a bunch of things I wanted to bring out in the talk. And hopefully as you listen to it, some of them come out, but came out, but I want to underscore a couple of things. One of the things is I said, you know, we talk about how you get what you pray for, but you get how you pray. And what, what I was trying to say there is that the idea you have about where you're at, where God is, how that communication happens, this is like the medium is the message, you know, Marshall right, McLuhan. It's, right. it's not dissimilar. The idea is if I'm sending prayer far away, I get far away results. If my paradigm for God is that he doesn't like me very much, for example, I'm going to have that come out in my prayer. So part of it is, where are you coming from with your idea? So that was one of the things I wanted to bring out. And it also brings to mind another thing I wanted to bring out. And that is that we're often taught that we're not supposed to hurt or hunger or have growing places. You can cage it in positive or negative terms. But... I think that a lot of times the cultural paradigm of someone who's really heroic, really healthy, really grown up, whatever you want, is someone who doesn't have any more growing to do 
because we're obsessed with this idea that there's some kind of finish line where you don't have to do any more growing and all of your problems are solved. When every moment of life has taught you that when you grow, you get to a place where you can see more growing. This is how life really works, and that's all an illusion. But as a result, I don't know if you experience in the women's group, but in groups, uh, we see it sometimes in the men's group, but our guys have now trained each other to be good about it. It's a, it's a growth process, but I think sometimes people go, well, I don't want to tell anybody yeah. that I yeah. have growing to do. I don't want right. to tell anybody that I'm hurting. Now, remember Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. There's something beautiful about going, you know what? I've got growing to do. As we always say, don't let your problem become your identity. You know, mm-hmm. we all know people who just go from garbage fire to garbage fire right. and that they let that be who they are. That's well, not and what if I'm they saying. don't have something to complain about or to fix or something like that, then they're not, they don't you know, feel whole. they don't feel, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's not what I mean. I'm not talking about being a Debbie Downer. I'm talking about being okay with the idea that you can grow. And so asking what you want, when you combine those two ideas, it means I'm going to start with my how I pray is that I'm in a loving place where growth is encouraged, mm-hmm. right? And the other piece of that is, it's okay for me to have growing places. I'm going to share those with the people who I love. I'm going to sh- I'm going to be honest with them with myself. Because if you spend all your time not looking at it, it only gets stronger. You just continue to orbit the same old garbage situation. It never gets any better until the universe gets sick of you being sick and something big happens and you don't need that. There are better, faster, easier ways to grow. Well, and I find that when you are honest mm-hmm. and out loud with a growing place, with something that you're working on, the universe provides the perfect person for you to answer your questions, to encourage you, to Even be by your side. By, you and, and, and they may be a really close friend or it may be somebody that is just orbiting for a little bit and then, and then they're gone, you know? But if you are in that flow, if you are encouraged to grow... Things always get things always get better. Yeah, God will you know, give you, you a pollinator. You know, yeah, something exactly. will just fly by and give you a new idea, a new insight, a new perspective. And you're like, okay, got it. If you're open, and that goes back to it, the asking the question, well, what do you want? Puts you in a place of openness. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that we understand there's that third part of this, and that is, what we want is never material. Stuff. Well, it's never yeah. material stuff. Not really. Yeah. There's nothing you can wrong start with, there, yeah. but you're not going to end up there ultimately if you want real true growth. Right. right? And in yeah. fact, the scripture that goes all the way back to the scripture upon which this lesson is based. The people who were talking to Jesus wanted physical material bread. And mm-hmm. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. In other words, the I am, the God truth, the, the image and likeness provides endless bread. In other words, it's it's a different way of looking at give a person a fish versus teaching them to fish, right? The idea is I'm going to get you in touch with source so you can want things that are more important than sandwiches. You can want things that are more important than cars or money or whatever. It shouldn't ever be about the physical thing. There's nothing wrong with cars and toys and clothes and whatever. Those things are awesome and fun, but that's not who you are. Those things will come and go in your life, and a real prosperous person is someone for whom they can come and go, and they don't lose one whit of their identity in the process. So what we want to do is to be in love with the process, to enjoy the ride. So when I ask, what you, what do you want? The question really is, 
what part of the ride are you here to enjoy? Can mm-hmm. you fall in love with this process of whatever it is that you're working on? You know, and so you go, well, I feel like I want, and the example I always use for whatever reason is a car. Cars almost always really represent freedom. You know how you can do dream interpretation? Right, Well, you can do waking interpretation. You get this calling. I want a car. Well, what you really want is to get out of here. You want independence, freedom. Independence or a symbol of some kind of affluence. Affluence, And that word means, affluence means being in touch with the flow. So that's what you want. So find a way to really get in touch with what I want is to be free. That's what I want. And everybody's working on different stuff. For some people, it might be love or harmony or it doesn't matter what. That's between you and God. But be honest about the fact that you've got growing to do. Be honest about the fact that you can do it. And just remember that you're loved. And everything else will work out if you just make that leap into it. This is the part of the podcast where we would like you to check it out. And we're just basically giving you a list of things that we are up to and where you can join us. And we certainly hope that you choose to join us for one of these occasions. Mm -hmm. The first place that we'd like for you to look is our website. If you go to waterandstonechurch.com, you are going to find all the places that we gather everything that we're doing, our schedules. Exactly. You can find everything there. And I'm excited because we're getting ready to kind of update it and tweak it a little the bit. Website, and yeah. and um, so stay tuned for those changes as well. But you can get over there, see what we're up to, go there first. I got to tell you, it is, I spend a lot of time going to church websites and figuring out what's working and what's not and that kind of thing. Waterandstonechurch.com is my favorite church website, if I do say so myself, but it really is. But I am so excited about the big changes we have planned for the next little bit. Absolutely. But you can get there. You can get our mission, our purpose, our vision and of everything. And if you agree with it, come on by. Yeah. Give us a visit. And I want you to know also that if you scroll down to the bottom of any page of our website, you can find links to all of our social media. And we're super active on Facebook and Instagram and a million other places, Twitter and whatnot. So that's the easiest way to find all of that. Absolutely. So just to give you a couple of examples of where you can join us every Wednesday morning at 720, you can join us for our sunrise walks and we meet at North Shore Park. Again, that's at 720 every Wednesday mornings for about an hour. We stop in the middle. We get coffee. We walk by the water. We see manatees. We see dolphins. <laughs> we have some we real see tourists. Occasionally. Many, many tourists, <laughs> but it's a real opportunity to connect not only with outside and and just being and in nature, I think is always so healing, but it's also a chance to connect with us. And it is a beautiful, beautiful time. It's on a Wednesday, you're halfway through the week. And sometimes it's just really nice to be able to take a breath before you finish off that week and uh, get to doing what you need to do. Another opportunity to come and join us are Sunday evenings. That is when we do our Sunday sunset celebration. And that's a half hour before sunset. And obviously that changes all the time because the sun sets different times all the time. Your phone knows or you can Google for what time does the sun set today. And that's when. We meet at a half hour before the sun goes down. And it's St. Petersburg uh, Beach. And if you uh, Google for the Dolphin Village public parking, that's where we park. We walk out on the beach, and like 100 yards or so south of that public access, you can find water and stone people every Sunday evening. 
Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And you've heard us talking about for the last few weeks or so our men's circle and our women's circle. And men's circle meet on Tuesday evenings at 7 and women meet at on Thursdays at 7 p.m. And if you'd like to join us, you can contact us. Just go to the website on the contact form and send us an email and we will be happy to provide you with the location of those meetings. Because we meet at people's houses, so it's different all the time. Right. So we can't tell you a fixed address. So exactly. let us know and we'll let you know and we'll get you in the loop and in touch with the people who are hosting it. Absolutely. The other thing that we'd like for you to know about is our YouTube channel. It is an amazing place if you're wanting to show friends, if you're wanting to see some really awesome vegetarian comfort food recipes. We have a show called This Day and mm-hmm. I, it is my baby and I'm yeah. very, very proud of it. Go check it out. But we need you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It helps us out. It helps us spread the word. So get on over there. Check out all of the stuff that we're doing and hit that subscribe button. Most of all, I want to let you know that we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. for our our Sunday morning celebration. This is really the cornerstone of everything that we do. And it's wonderful to listen from wherever you are. And we're so glad for all of the listeners and people that are watching our channel from all over the country. But really, something magical happens when you're there with us at 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. It's just so uplifting. That family that we have created together that is growing all the time is just so beautiful. The lesson will change your life and the community will lift you up. Every Sunday at 11 o'clock, we meet at the University of South Florida's Harbor Hall in St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth. And the street address, you can find it on the website too. There's maps and all that kind of stuff, but the street address is 1000 3rd Street South, St. Petersburg, Florida. We'll see you there at 11 o'clock. But I do want to let you know that there's one final way to stay in the loop, and it's really, really efficient. All you do is you text I am ready, I A M R E A D Y, all one word, I A M R E A D Y, to 84576. If you text I am ready to 84576, you'll be in the loop for our text messaging system. And once a week or so, we send out a text that just says, you know, here's our newsletter, here's what's going on. And sometimes when there's an emergency and we need to change something or let everybody know there's been a change of venue or time, it has really come in handy. I promise we don't send a million texts a week or anything like that. We use it uh, judiciously, but it's a great way to be involved. So text I am ready to 84576 or go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com, if you want to be in the loop. Water and Stone podcast is recorded at Pin Feather Studio on the very comfy orange couch. And the CEO, CFO, CTO, and LMNOP of Pin Feather Studios is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She edits these broadcasts and she is half of the music you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. This podcast is solely supported by you. And it means all kinds of things. And there's so much I can say, but what I want you to know is there's a donate page on our website that lets you know how to donate time, how to shop on Amazon in a way that helps us, how to donate money electronically, how to serve in all kinds of different ways. And that's really the key. 
I want to let you know that when you share our podcast or our blog posts or when you subscribe to our YouTube channel, it means a lot. When you like something on Facebook, it's huge for us. When you retweet or you email a friend or print something out, it's huge. When you write us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, it lets the powers that be know that it's worth sharing to a larger audience. But most of all, we want you to show up. That's the best way to keep the fires burning for us. Be there for one of our gatherings, for our men's group, our women's group, our sunrise, our sunset, most of all for our Sunday morning. I promise it's going to change your life.